This is JimPenzo.com e-news number 314, the 23rd of May 2013. This e-news is read by Jim's text-to-speech robot, Mac Jimbo, or Mac Jimbot, if you prefer. As usual, there are five items and three feedbacks in this issue of e-news. Item 1. Internet of Things. Global Summit. In the last issue of eNews, I wrote about GE's industrial internet. It's a hot topic. The cover story in the latest Wired magazine, May 2013, is about the Internet of Things, what GE calls the industrial internet. It's superbly written by Bill Wasik, and I recommend you get a copy. It starts this way. In our houses, cars, and factories, we're surrounded by tiny, intelligent devices that capture data about how we live and what we do. Now they are beginning to talk to one another. Soon we'll be able to choreograph them to respond to our needs, solve our problems, even save our lives. Imagine a factory where every machine, every room, feeds back information to solve problems on the production line. Imagine a hotel room, like the ones at the Aria in Las Vegas, where the lights, the stereo, and the window shade are not just controlled from a central station but adjust to your preferences before you even walk in. Think of a gym where the machines know your workout as soon as you arrive, or a medical device that can point toward the closest defibrillator when you have a heart attack. Consider a hybrid car that can maximize energy efficiency by drawing down the battery as it nears the charging station. GE is making a massive investment in the industrial internet. I have never ever heard any company forecast a market of this size. According to CEO Jeff Immelt, this market could be about $15 trillion by 2030, the equivalent of adding another U.S. economy to the world. Only a company of GE's size could identify this target and make investments to generate growth over the next two decades. The 2013 N2M and Internet of Things Global Summit will take place in Washington, D.C. on October 1st and 2nd, and will provide a high-level meeting point for all representatives from the global N2M and IoT communities. This event offers the chance to exchange views on the current IoT ecosystem and the opportunity to see what N2M and IoT technologies are available to industry, businesses and end-users. I hope to participate in the event. Hope to see you there. Item 2. The Decline of Corporate IT Departments At the Automatech event in Baltimore two weeks ago, I openly predicted the demise of IT departments in large organizations. This became a hot topic because IT is a dominating influence in many companies. In most large corporations, when people talk about IT departments, they always talk about the things they're not allowed to do and the long time it takes to get anything done. IT always generates rigid and inflexible policies which generate animosity. IT departments are legacies of the old mainframe days when IT was the domain of specialists. The departments became very large and powerful and usually grabbed control of all the computers installed in the factory and on the plant floor. 
Industrial DCS and PLC systems are completely different from office hardware, but IT always try to expand to those domains. The politics of many large companies helped them succeed. To most other departments IT became a forced internal vendor with a monopoly on all computer activity. There was seldom any feedback loop for improvement. But change is here. Computer expertise is no longer just the domain of a select few. Today everything that previously required computer expertise is available via the web. The companies that have no official IT departments are growing in number and size. The cloud will largely eliminate the need for in-house IT people. It dismantles the traditional relationship between physical devices and content. There will be no need to make big investments for in-house computers, hardware, software and personnel. Indeed, this is the strong financial incentive that's driving change. The key challenge for IT organizations will be to understand emerging services and what job roles will be needed. They need to redefine the value proposition and do the things that are important to the business. Smart IT personnel see the handwriting on the wall, and many of them are already moving to different support arenas, some to manufacturing, where future power lies. Item 3. New Drexler Book, Radical Abundance. Back in 1986 Eric Draxler coined the term nanotechnology in his first book, Engines of Creation. In Drexler's latest sequel, Radical Abundance, How a Revolution in Nanotechnology Will Change Civilization, he expands on his prior thinking. He offers readers a most compelling, optimistic vision as to how nanotechnology can be used to benefit humanity. In a recent interview, Drexler was explicitly asked about the potential economic disruptions caused by a shift away from scarcity. His response? A world with atomically precise manufacturing production capacity would remove some of today's constraints on economic scarcity, and also change the organization of production. The production of physical products has parallels with software, where the information content of the product the design, becomes the most important economic component. Indeed, nanotech will cause radical abundance which has the potential of drastically changing our world for the better. Item 4. 3D Scanning and Printing I'm continuing to follow 3D printing because of the impact on almost everything we do. In his new book, Makers, the New Industrial Revolution, Wired Magazine editor Chris Anderson describes the New Industrial Revolution as people everywhere using open source design and 3D printing, bringing manufacturing to the desktop. Here's another new twist. Now 3D scanning is becoming practical. A 3D scanner analyzes real-world objects to collect data on shape, color and appearance. The collected data can then be used to construct digital, three-dimensional models. The scan 3D data is useful for a wide variety of applications. Common applications include industrial design, orthotics and prosthetics, reverse engineering and prototyping, quality control inspection and documentation. Lightweight scanners are small enough to fit on a desktop, powerful enough to scan a 3D object quickly and easily. Using lasers, 
they can scan in high resolution, then transfer the data to either a file which can be manipulated, or sent directly to a 3D printer. With the Photon and 3D printer on your desk, work life is propelled into the future with an actual replicating system. Item 5. Wearable Technology Everywhere Wearable technology is not a new concept. It's been sort of the holy grail of the evolution of human interaction with computing devices. It goes back to people wearing glasses to enhance eyesight. Till recently, wearables have been very much vertical market and highly specialized products, used to some extent in the medical business, sensors and electronics built into clothes to keep track of heart rate, blood pressure and other vital signs. Just as new automobiles have become collections of advanced gadgetry, everyday clothing and accessories will include advanced electronics with practical, utilitarian functions. The digital watch, first introduced in the 1980s, was perhaps the first widespread wearable item. I'm waiting for the iWatch. That's what a lot of people are currently calling Apple's latest expected gadget, a connected timepiece that will put smartphone-type functions on people's wrists. There are lots of other stylish, useful wearable gadgets, Bluetooth headsets and a pair of earrings with a hidden microphone, headphones and caps and headbands allowing people to stay connected, hands-free, always. As usual, there are three feedbacks in this issue of A News. Feedback 1. Steve Ward, from GE, responds to Bill Ellardon's comments published in our recent E-News. Steve writes, I'm an engineer working for GE and here are some comments regarding our industrial internet strategy. GE knows from experience in our own factories that simply having data available can lead to improvements. You can't improve without data and having data already available over the industrial internet can save months of data collection time. GE has client tools to allow data to be retrieved over the cloud and onto portable devices where it can be used to resolve problems and assist decision making. GE has low cost high-performance industrial hardware to allow all the above to be connected. GE is developing a cloud-based programming tool for industrial controllers. As older engineers retire and are replaced by younger engineers who are used to doing things in different ways, I think we will see a big change in the next few years. Feedback 2 Colin Langford commented on Lawrence Lessig's talk on reclaiming our republic. Cullen wrote, In today's climate, with more falsehoods published than truths, fierce partisanship and an ignorant citizenry, there is little hope of improving that wonderful document, the American Constitution. In the unlikely possibility of a constitutional convention occurring, who would be the members and with what purpose? Certainly no one would accept selection made by the present government. I don't know of anyone with the level of knowledge which characterized the drafters of the first constitution. Feedback 3. Robert Hines felt that the recent news covered an insoluble problem and an irresistible solution. Robert wrote, Having read your corruption note, imagine my surprise when reading your second news item which I believe will provide solutions. Nuclear fusion is the one thing that can really save us.
I am convinced that the reason fusion is not in daily discussion everywhere is because very few people really understand how big the change will be when it comes. They do not see how it will influence every single problem we face. Whatever problem you can imagine will be solvable once fusion power is here. It all goes away with solutions, solutions, solutions everywhere. No problems, just solutions. Well, that's this issue of e-news. Please send us your feedback. Send your email to Jim at jimpinto.com. Thank you for listening.